Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hi, Waiting Warriors. Welcome to today's episode. We have a fun guest for you today. She's a really fun person. Look at her page. It's all pink and bright. and She does fun stuff. Like She's a fun person. <laughs> Anyways, this is Becky Hoy. She is a wife of an Army soldier of nine years and founder of Brave Crate, which is the coolest deployment countdown box for military spouses. So hi, Becky, and welcome to the show. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. So is there anything you want to add kind of to the intro to you or did? Oh, no? that's a good question. Yes, we, um, yeah, I'm a military wife. I've been married to my husband for almost nine years now, which is crazy. I feel like I should be saying two years, you know, after <laughs> <laughs> you're like, how long have you been married? How is that almost a decade? Yeah. So, yeah. So we've kind of been stationed all over. Um, and I have two puppies who I love very much. Mm-hmm. And those are probably the the key things about me. I'm a systems person and and that kind of sums it up. There you go. So I want to just talk with her about, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about her approach to self-care and how she stays connected during the crazy times of military life. Um, because I feel like she has more unique approaches. They're approaches that I haven't quite heard and they're not one of them is a little counterintuitive, which is, I like, I like that. I like that it's counterintuitive because I feel like it makes us think. And that's why we should share each other's stories because then we can figure out what. And then we'll talk about Brave Crate because you guys need to hear about that because it's really cool. So let's start, though, with your approach to self-care. So what is your approach to self-care? Like, how do you take care of yourself? Because you, like, you guys have had a lot of separation time. We have not just like one or two deployments. Like you've, it's like marriage, right? Yeah. So we've had two deployments and then, um, a number of TDYs and extended trainings, which I don't, for me, I think they can almost be more difficult because the back and forth and, um, kind of just being in between is really tough. So yeah, we've been, we've been separated a good chunk of our marriage. And so just kind of learn to live in that and, and try to learn how to thrive in that season. Which I do, I do want to just add, that is a big, what you just said is those kind of smaller times of separation, but it's like a different separation. That is a big reason why I include first responders in this podcast, because they don't have big, long deployments, but they have this either physical separation or just the way the job is situated, which I think is similar to the way TDYs are, where it's like just this, ah, there's like not even like a word. It's like physical, but a mental and emotional separation that I feel like applies to both. So no, absolutely. And so I'll mention also, we didn't even talk about this, Michelle, but my father is a first responder and yeah, how cool is that? So he's a, um, now he's a critical care transport nurse, but for okay. most of my childhood, he was a paramedic and a firefighter and worked night shifts, crazy hours. So for me growing up, 
I didn't know what it was really like to have a Christmas with my whole family together. My mom's a nurse, my dad's a first responder. And so, yeah, you're right. You kind of have, it's, it's a different type of separation, but it's still kind of learning to live and exist as a family, as a person in a healthy way, even though someone's missing. So yeah, yeah. I, I, it makes, when I found the waiting warriors, I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> Because they are so similar. I feel like so many times, and like there are differences. And I feel like first responder families feel like, well, we can't like claim the same things that military do. But it's like, yeah, but you you do. You're just fighting the battle, quote unquote, on the home front. Whereas our guys go and fight them farther away. That's like the only difference. Everything else is super similar. Yeah, absolutely. The idea though that your dad and your mom were we're first responders. We'll just have to have a whole new show. And like, you give us our point of view as from like the child. Um, yes. I would love to do that. That's, that's actually must- something I've been wanting to do. I think you just mostly grow up thinking a lot of things are normal that <laughs> maybe for other families aren't like the dinner table conversations. You're like, yeah. most families don't talk about this, but we do. Anyway, I digress. That's true. Okay. So let's talk about your approach to self-care. So you, he's been gone a ton what how do you take care of yourself because I'm sure with the fluctuation of him coming home and then being gone like it's probably easy to a lot of a lot of spouses say they lose themselves they're not you know themselves their military wives or whatever so how have you come combat that yeah for sure so when I think of self-care some of the first things that come to mind which might be the case for everyone else are those kind of small routines we can have in our lives. Like I take a bath every night. I make time for reading, excuse me. I make time for yoga, any of those kind of things. And those absolutely qualify as self-care. And so I do all those things. I have a good skincare routine. I drink enough water. Like all of those are really important. But what I found during our first deployment was that it was almost, um, those, those were auxiliary to what I really needed to be doing to take care of myself. And so some of the things that I do that I consider self-care that I put into that box are a little bit different. What I like to do is focus on key habits. And I've learned that if I can set aside time to set up my life, Mm -hmm. So that I even have time to take a bath (laughs) or time to go to yoga, then I am winning. And that those things are equally important to when it comes to taking care of myself as, you know, brushing my teeth, brushing my hair. It's really important that I find time once a week to sit down and set up my calendar. And I know that sounds really nerdy. I'm not. (laughs) I, I realize that that does not sound as fun as taking a bubble bath. But I know that if I can focus on having time in my schedule for key habits that set me up for success, then I'm going to be able to handle those moments of stress even more effectively. And so what I like to do is take less of a reactionary approach to stress and self-care and more of a proactive approach. Um, And that means things like taking care of my budget and setting aside time during the month to take care of that, whether my husband is home or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it means making my bed every morning. That does not sound like self-care, but my mind operates so much differently when my bed is made. And that's just a really tiny thing I can do every single day that makes coming home 
at the end of the day feel so much better for me. Mm -hmm. And I realized during deployment that I just don't always have the capacity to handle extra stress. And so if I can kind of put these rocks in the river and make those my priority and say, yeah, you know what? I really want to sit and watch Netflix and I, I know that'll feel good. But if I can take that 10 minutes and instead I can, you know, do the laundry and get that folded, I'm going, I'm going to personally feel more at peace more put together um, and less get guilty when I do sit down and, and binge Netflix later because I'm going to do it. Like yeah. there's, no, <laughs> there's no way around it. Um, but I've really found that making these spaces in my life for really healthy habits has been key to being able to take care of myself during deployment and really are the only way that I can find the time and the mental space to do other things like meditation and those more common self-care practices. Mm -hmm. Right. I hear that from a lot of spouses too. Like, yeah, I want to take care of myself. I want to do these things that are good for me, but I don't have time. And the reality right. is if you're not doing that prep work first, if you're not putting in place good systems, good routines for yourself, um, then you're not going to have time for the bubble, bubble bath. You're not going to have time for girls night or anything like that. Yeah. And the other thing too, that I was thinking, cause I was just about to say that, but also like when you think about what you want to get from a bubble bath, you want rejuvenation, you want to relax, you want to feel good. I I have found too, though, like if I take that bubble bath, but then the next morning I've got three loads of laundry that are waiting for me and have been waiting for a few days, then immediately the relaxation and the rejuvenation is gone and I'm all of a sudden tired and stressed out. But when you have those, it's not even like systems in place, like you can turn it super systemy, but just when you have a plan and things are set up to happen and then they happen in good chunks, then you are in control and you are able to then have that bubble bath and that rejuvenation actually can last you more than six hours or however Absolutely. much it was that you slept because then you wake up and you're all a wreck again. Back at it. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, <clears throat> I haven't really talked about this much before, but I have struggled with depression during deployments mm -hmm. and it ha I think that there is a really fine line between diving into self care it, through practices like, you know, taking a bath, sitting and reading, watching Netflix and really um, crashing, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between actively sitting and watching a movie and it fills you and you enjoy it yeah. and completely crashing and Netflix binging for eight hours and letting everything else kind of fall down around you because you're overloaded. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, my approach to self-care that I try really hard to stick to is a balance of those things and making sure, like you said, when I'm done with whatever kind of fun thing that I'm doing to care for myself, that I'm not stepping into a whole new level of stress because I've used a self-care practice to ignore real life. Right. Because real life is hard when you're when you're missing someone, whether you're a military spouse or a first responder spouse, you know, if you're if your person is gone who's supposed to be doing half the work half the time, you know, it's a lot to take in and it can be really easy to think, you know, I'm going to take care of myself, so I'm going to go read this book for uh, an entire day, but then I have no groceries. I have you know, no clothes to wear, <laughs> everything's a disaster. <laughs> so it's really about, 
for me at least, it's about balancing those things and enjoying those more um, traditional practices when I when I fit them in. Right. The other thing though that I loved, which I mean, just a little plug. So I'm starting this year. We're doing like monthly themes with the waiting warriors. It's like this month was a simple thing, getting ready every day. Next month is finding ease in the kitchen. And I have all these different things and you've talked about a lot of them. And it's just like simple things to get our lives just a little bit in order. So we're in control. So then when all hell breaks loose, which it always does during a deployment or doing during like the crappy shift hours or whatever, like we know that's going to happen. But when we have something in control or what did you say? You said like the rocks in place. Yeah. What are your rocks in the river that yeah, everything else is just going to kind of flow around? Yeah. I love that. Cause it's like, even just something as simple as making your bed, which is I have, I'm working on getting us a really cool code with a company that makes that problem better. But it's like, there are these problems in our lives. And if we can find solutions to these problems in our lives, then when the craziness of a deployment or whatever happens, like that river, just it's less chaotic. And it's easier. It's easier when you're standing on top of those rocks, even if the water keeps on flowing. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Absolutely. And it's different for everyone, right? Like, so for some people, it might be making the bed. Um, I hate this one, but I feel so much better when I go to the gym at 530 in the morning. I wish that I wish with all my soul that that was not the case because I hate it. I hate doing it. But I know that if I get up and I go to the gym at 530, it might not feel like self-care in that moment. But if I can put that rock in the river, then ever then I'm going to feel so much better that day. Ever, like you said, everything else is going to kind of flow around it. Um, but that's not going to be the case for everyone. You know, it might be watering your plants in the morning or, you know, whatever that might be for you. Yeah. See, so I'm you guys can't see but like we can see each other and I am holding back laughs because I want you to be able to hear Becky and not me laughing but it's like I'm that same way I want to sleep all the time I want to sleep and I think it's all the time because I've basically been either pregnant or nursing for the past six years so I want to sleep all the time but my husband keeps on saying like you'll feel better and be less frustrated if you wake up before the kids and exercise like yeah but I want to sleep but in her email, I was like getting mad at Becky because she's like, but working out helps me more in the long run. And then sleeping in is the immediate, like taking the immediate gratification. I'm like, gosh, darn it, Becky, like be quiet. I feel the same yeah. way as you though. I don't want to do it. I wish so much that that didn't yeah. make me feel good. Cause I wish I could just ignore it, but, yeah. but you know, it it's, does. Yeah. Yeah. it makes such a difference. Ugh. It's so annoying, but it's so true. The other thing I was thinking of is you mentioned watering your plants. And just the other day, I realized that I don't like our house as much where we are, even though, like, I love the inside of the house, but I hate driving up to our house right now. Whereas in the past, we had a house that I just like got dreamy feels because we had these big trees and I spent time planting flowers and I had hedged things and it looked so good. And I realized I haven't done that. And the front of our house right now is like these gross bushes that are way too big and it's just non proportional. And I realized as I was driving, like, oh, I'm the type of person that gets a lot of satisfaction of having 
like it's not even curb appeal for other people. Like it's curb appeal for me. Like I like driving up to a bright flowery house and I just realized like, oh, I need to take the time and put that habit in place and put that in in the works for me because that's what works for me. Whereas I don't know, maybe other listeners let me know if you're some weird, I don't, I was going to say herbivore. That's not the word. That is not the word. That's like the dinosaurs that eat plants. What is the word? Herbologist? Herbologist? (laughs) Okay. If my sister-in-law listens to this episode, she's going to be so ashamed of me because 20 bucks, she's like really smart and knows all the fancy word for things. But you guys know what I mean, right? Like not herbivore, but like you like plants or whatever. You're a plant lover. I'm a plant lover. And I like, like, I like bright, different colored landscaping. Maybe that's a better word. I should have used that one. But <laughs> I don't think that's everybody. But for me, I get a lot of satisfaction. And I know, like, I need to do that for our house before my husband leaves on his deployment. So then I have this thing that brings me happiness. And I can go and weed for a little bit and feel so satisfied. And plant a new flower and feel so satisfied. But so it made me think of that. And now I've totally embarrassed myself because I don't know the word. But so. I think it's a that is such a good example of a key habit. Because what a key habit really is, is a habit that you can use to affect other areas in your life. And so imagine like if you set up the front of your house the way with landscaping that is beautiful mm-hmm. to you, that's going to change your mood when you walk out the door and you're going to be in a better mood when you leave. And when you come home at the end of the day, you're going to say you're going to see that and instead of feeling crappy because mm-hmm. you know your landscaping doesn't inspire you you're going to think about this great project you did and then maybe you'll go inside and do something else productive <laughs> and rather than going inside and being like oh looks like crap I'm gonna you know <laughs> veg out in front of you know the computer or whatever right. so I think yeah for sure it's it's different for everyone so it's whatever feels good so even guys think out of the box it might be that you need to plant some flowers or what else is random like that or even just like making a good wreath for your door or something like that crafting is huge I think being creative and getting those creative juices flowing um and some of this I think one of the things that we don't often talk about is the fact that this stuff costs money Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes that's a good investment to make yeah Um, and if you're gonna spend money on self-care personally this is my uh, like systems and operations nerd coming out. I would rather invest in a key habit that's going to have a big impact on me than on a a bath bomb that's right. going to be fun for me for however long my bath is. Um, do both if you point. can. Do both if you can for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah. if you're gonna invest in something like invest in a gym membership where it's gonna change your mood every single morning and you're gonna see health benefits. You're gonna see psychological and emotional benefits. Like make if you're going to make an investment in self-care, do it for a key habit. You know, if it's if having your bedroom look beautiful in the morning is a key habit for you and it sets you up for success, then invest in some great bedding that looks beautiful to you. And, um, you know, whatever that is, like, that's where you want to sink your money, I think. Yeah, I like it. Okay, let's move on to, because, again, this was, it was not unconventional. Counterintuitive is the right word. 
Um, for how you guys stay connected during crazy times. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What What's your kind of, what have you guys found as a couple that works really well? Yeah, so we, um, people are going to think we're crazy. So I'm sorry, everyone. But we have found that it is so much more effective for us during seasons of separation to have quality conversation rather than a higher quantity of conversation. Mm-hmm. So I know that, you know, when we were first tackling this whole deployment situation together, our number one priority was getting the most phone time, the most Skype time, you know, the most texting time that we possibly could. And that meant that I was doing absolutely crazy, unhealthy things like waking up at three in the morning to talk to my husband every single night. That's nuts. Yeah. That is not, that is not, was not good for me, at least I should say. Yeah. Um, and so we would have all these conversations and the reality is I don't have that much exciting stuff going on in my life on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> and even, even when my husband is home, even when he's not um, on a deployment or a training or whatever, I we're not constantly talking, right? We're not sitting, we might be sitting next to each other working or, you know, cleaning or whatever, we're in each other's presence, but we're not constantly having dialogue and conversation. So what we found is we were trying to get it because we missed each other because we missed that presence. We were trying to get in an hour, two hours of conversation every single day. And it ended up being these weird moments where we'd be like, what you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? How was your day? And we would say, I miss you like 20 times. I don't know if anyone else has had that, but you just be sitting there and it's silent and you're like, I miss you. I miss you too. I miss you too. You're like, okay, we get it. We miss each other. We know. I have Um, a question. Did it ever get to the point where like after weeks, you're just like, why don't you have something to say to me? Yes. Did it like was that just me? Was no, it like, absolutely. no, you should you should have something good to say to me because I'm your wife and we're not together. So why don't you have some quality conversation? Yeah. Sure. I, and if one person is a big talker and the other person isn't, like for our yeah. family, um, my husband is happy to sit in silence if you know, if everyone else around him is happy to do that. And so I want, you know, I might just be verbal vomiting and sharing useless details about my day that he really doesn't need to know. Mm. Like he doesn't care what I ordered at Starbucks, really. That's (laughs) not on his priority list. But then he, I'll be like, so how was your day? Oh, it was fine. And Mm -hmm. it's like, he's kind of doing the same thing every single day, or at least on that particular, you know, separation season. So we found that we were arguing over really dumb stuff just because we were talking too much. Yeah. Which sounds counterintuitive because you would think someone's away from you and, um, you know, they they would be really interested in everything that you're doing. But I, at least for my husband and I, we found that having those kind of mindless conversations was really not great for our communication. What really worked way better for us was setting a specific time, you know, when it when it worked for him, mm-hmm. um, that we would try to set a specific time where we would talk. And it's not like we had a time limit. Like I didn't have a timer and say like, all right, 30 minutes, you're done. Um, (laughs) But we would try to have really intentional conversations. And so one of the things that works well for us is sharing our high and our low for the day. This way it kind of gives some structure. Um, We're not just kind of rambling. 
Um, and we have a little bit of guidance in what we want to talk about. Of course, there are, you know, other seasons where you just need to call and chat. Um, but we found that to be a real struggle. And also, uh, when you don't have a kind of guidance in your conversation like that and no parameters around what you're going to talk about or when you're going to talk, it really easily seeps into a conversation that's really more about venting, especially for the spouse on the home side, I think. Yeah. Um, we're dealing with a lot of crap, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes literal crap. Li- yes. Oh, my gosh. I have a story will back up. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. So can I tell a crap story? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good one. So, um, so my great Dane, Ellie, really gets upset when my husband is away. And she's, she's a big dog. She's a great Dane. And so during his first time being separated from our family after we had gotten her she could not deal with the fact that he was gone and she kept going to the bathroom in the house which like for a small dog is annoying for a big dog it's a crisis like it's a big problem and so I was calling my husband and sharing this with him and how frustrating it was. And I felt so upset and, you know, I I was just venting and venting and venting. And finally he said, well, I just don't know what to tell you. And I realized that me bringing him this problem whenever we were talking that he literally, he could have zero, like, what was he going to do? Yeah. There was no helping that for him. Um, So I found that bringing him these problems without having any kind of solution where I was just venting really was not helpful for us. It wasn't helpful for our communication. It meant that we missed out on other more important conversations we could be having. Um, So the shift that I made, which I think has been really helpful for me, was I try when there are situations that I want to vent to him about to wait to vent until I have a solution in the works. Right. So I'm not just bringing him an unsolved problem. I'm not just like, oh, this is a thing I'm frustrated about because as my husband, he wants to solve it. He Mm -hmm. wants desperately to make it better and he can't. Um, And so rather than saying, you know, the dog just won't behave and she's being so bad and there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I'm so mad. I can go to him and say, oh, I've been struggling with this. Here's my plan. What do you think about my plan? Does it, you know, I'm going to go find a new dog trainer and we're going to try this technique and what do you think? And that just feels better to him. um, And it feels better to me because I know I'm not kind of just throwing problems at him that he can't really affect. Right. And that's not to say that you can never bring up bad things, but I, I do agree with most of the time with our venting, we can, we can wait just just like a day. Just give yourself a day to see if you can even get a solution in the works. But there are times where it's like, no, I'm losing my mind and I'm crying. And you are the person. Like, mm-hmm. he, st- he still is the per- your person. Right. But I like, I like that pause to get a solution yeah. in the works even. For sure. And I think, you know, just ju- knowing your spouse and judging yeah. what are the things that are going to be really sensitive for them. Um, you know, I can vent to my husband about work problems for 24 hours straight. And he's like, okay, you know, but for his dog, his puppy that he loves, you know, that was really a sensitive topic for him. And so I think you're absolutely right. Like there are certain times we just want to call our spouse and, and we just have to get it out and that's fine. Um, so I think it's just all balance really. Yeah. And the other point too, that like you bring up is 
you need to know what you and your spouse need because I like like I said like this is counterintuitive which I do think it is a really good idea but I also with the whole point of this podcast is I want everybody to hear what everybody's doing so then you get ideas and you can see okay Becky does this and that would really work but then Cody's been doing this and I'm going to take these two different things and put it together for our family because you can tell like Becky has a certain type of personality and her husband has a different personality and honestly like I can see in ours like you are more like my husband and I'm more like your your husband you know what I mean so it's funny because it's not even just going to be like oh well I'm going to be like other every other wife because they're the wife like we have different personalities but Becky is bringing up a lot of good points that's not what I'm saying guys I'm just saying you have to you have to take a second I think to think about what what are your characteristics and what will work for your family because there's not going to be a cookie cutter solution because this problem is really complex and life is complex and marriage is really hard And I think just, yeah, and taking time to review what's working. And so be willing to step back and say, you know, uh, this is how we've been communicating. You know, I say all this now, like, this is what works for me. I know what works. Yeah, Yeah, that's after, you know, seven months of zero sleep because I was waking up in the middle of the night to have half sleep Skype calls. Like, it took me a long time to figure out that that wasn't working for me. Um, So I think the one takeaway that I would hope everyone would get is just that willingness to stop and review. And, and we, you know, we're used to reviewing, if you're a business person, you review your business all the time, you review in school, you get reviewed at work. Um, We don't often review our marriages. And I think during separations, whether it's deployment or someone who's working crazy hours as a first responder, it's really important to stop and, and take a breath and ask, you know, is this communication style working for us? Is this type of self-care practice working for me and being willing to just get rid of the things that aren't working and try something different. And I will put in a small plug, like just because something's not working doesn't mean your relationship doesn't work. I'm just, I'm not, we're not going to go on a big divorce rant right now, but I'm just going to say that just because there is is an aspect in your relationship that isn't working doesn't mean the whole relationship doesn't work. Yes. So, yeah, yes. stamp of approval, yes. amens. Uh, guys, I'm so tired right now. This is like so many people are gonna listen to this interview and be like, "What is wrong with Michelle?" Uh, I'm just really tired today. They don't even know what time it is. the saddest thing is it's 8 30 but I was posting on Instagram stories like I'm officially an old lady and it is only because of the army because Austin he's been doing aerosol school and so he has been like waking up at this morning he woke up at like two something so he's been going to bed between seven and eight so then I'm just like well Maybe I'll go to bed, but it's like a late night for me lately. It has been like nine o'clock. It's like, geez, the job just makes me feel old because I'm going to bed at nine o'clock. But I do not. My husband did air assault school a few years ago, and I, oh, 
I don't miss it. It was, you know, I know it's it's super intense for them, but for sure on the home side too, you're like, if I have to see another layout of your gear, <laughs> I'm going to throw it all out the window. So help me, if you check to make sure if you had that silly little highlighter one more time, I'm going to throw a fit. I'm going to throw a fit. But you know what made me, okay, small little tangent. You know what made me even angrier? For those who haven't been to aerosol school, amongst many, many things, one of the things that they are constantly kicking people out of, at like out, they're kicking people out of aerosol school and then they have to go back at different phases, is if they don't have everything on their equipment list. But it's like, it was driving me nuts because my husband is slightly OCD and he's a worrier, like not warrior, like he worries a ton. And he's, he's learned like to handle it a lot more. But then during this whole school, he's like, well, I got to check like five times a day to make sure that I have everything. I was like, well, did you ever unload it? It's like, well, no, but I got to check. But what was bugging me so much is like, I, he'd be doing this. I was like, okay, sweetie, five times is enough. But then he'd come home the next day and be like, guess what, Michelle? Somebody got kicked out because their canteen wasn't there. Or it was like literally a highlighter, like a, or a pen or something. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Why do we have to suffer for it? I just I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of the dumb things I get. Like, I can get behind the, I will, like, pull up my big girl pants and I will boost her up and I will handle the deployment. But really, like, the fact that my husband has to spend an hour every day making sure he has all the highlighters and the snacks and the canteen and the rain guard and the whatever guard and everything else like that is just silly yeah and now my rent is done go <laughs> I'm aerosol. on board with you <laughs> go aerosol and I have wings and that's get it why. get it over yeah. with and, yeah. and move on right <laughs> yep graduation was today so yay so another question that I really want to ask is how did Brave Crate, which again, for those listening, it's like, it, it can be a subscription, but people can just get like one box if they want, right? So you can either do a subscription for, so you get a box monthly during the deployment, or you can just get one box, which I think is cool, because then it's like, I could send it to a friend, or just try it out or something, you know, whatever you want to do. So it's this box for you which is fun to get a little present for yourself. Um, how did Brave Crate come to be? Like what, what was happening through your first few years as a military spouse that brought you to this idea of needing to take care of yourself and kind of make deployment, uh, like it's like a self-care, but you've, you've had so much better explanations of this on like your your Instagram and stuff. But do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. How, how did this vision come to be? Yeah. So actually Brave Crate kind of snowballed into a business after a friend of mine was getting ready for her partner's very first deployment. And, you know, she was super stressed about it, which is understandable and was really worried about what that season was going to look like for her. And I confessed and I said, you know, 
deployment is is not my favorite thing in the world. I don't love deployment by any means, but I have found that deployment can be really, really good for me. And also deployment was probably the best thing that ever happened for my marriage early on. It was a really powerful time for me to learn about myself, what I'm capable of. It was a powerful time for me to learn how to connect with my spouse in a new way. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I decided early on in the deployment that I wanted to make her a care package that would get her excited about all of the possibilities of what she could accomplish during a deployment season while her spouse was away. And so I put together this care package that included things that would help her focus on self-care, things that would help her focus on growing her marriage, things that would help her focus on different goals that she was setting and counting down productively. And she loved it. And at that point, I just had this, this realization. Like, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, what realized. Who, who doesn't love getting happy mail? Like everyone, that wasn't a hard sell, I'm sure. But, um, but it just was, it sparked some great conversations between us about the fact that deployment can be good for you and that we can approach deployment as an opportunity for growth rather than this terrible thing that's happening to us. Yeah. And I say that all with the caveat of like, it's not fun. If you yeah. asked me any day, like, are you excited for your husband to deploy? My answer is no. But I still realize that if I approach it correctly, there can be a benefit to it. Right. And so, yeah, so Brave Crate kind of snowballed from there. I thought, you know what? I want to share this message with as many women as possible. And I want to discover all of the other women in the military spouse community who are excited about this opportunity as well. All the other women who want to take this same approach, I want to pull them together. And so Brave Crate started sending monthly care packages last May, which is crazy. And since then, we've been able to pull together a group of women who all get this same curated box. It's curated around a different theme every month. And it's instead of very intentional, guys, like she's not just like walking around Target saying, oh, this is cute. Oh, this is cute. Like it's it is curated. Like it's intentional. She's, we, she's putting we try, together. Yeah, we try not to send stuff. Like, yes. I don't think people want more stuff. So we try to send tools, essentially. And um, really, the best part is that we have an online community where all of the Brave Crate subscribers get together and we talk about the products in the box. We talk about what we're trying to accomplish in that month. And instead of just focusing on how many days are left in deployment, like we we never talk about that really on Brave Crate. Not that it doesn't matter, but we want Brave Crate to be the space where women come to really focus on personal growth and wellness during deployment rather than um, the number of days left. And yeah. during the deployment, if you asked me how long until my husband came home, I could probably tell you down to the minute. <laughs> so it's not about ignoring that, right? It's not yeah. about ignoring the sadness or ignoring the fact that you're missing them or that you're lonely. Like that all still, still exists, mm -hmm. but it's about learning that we can also grow and we can also learn and accomplish really big things right alongside of those really challenging feelings while our spouse is separated from us. Yeah. I love it. Guys, it's so good. And I would say it, 
Like it fits for if your friend is like TDY, just get them one box or do you, I'm trying to remember, there's because there's another company that does boxes for kids. Do you do like three months? Yeah, so I okay. you can do yeah. one month, three month, or six month. Um, that you can do a month to month option as well. Right. Uh, so really, whatever fits for you. Right. So whatever fits for you, or if you have a friend who is just like really struggling, send her a box. Plus, it's like the same price as if you went and got like went to Target. And got stuff for your friend and then paid the postage to get it to her because you know she doesn't live right by you because we all have friends that don't live within a state of us. <laughs> but I didn't bring Becky on just because she's a pretty face, guys. Like, sh- this this business is really good and I think it's really good for our community to help us progress and take care of each other. Or if you need it, take care of yourself. So that's my little plug for Brave Crate. Go Brave Crate. Thanks, Good. Michelle. So, and, you know, when you talk about taking care of each other, I really think that's that's really the key and has yeah. been the most beautiful thing about being a part of this community is just learning um, and seeing all of the ways that the women of Brave Crate connect with one another and encourage each other. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. So don't feel like you need to get your friend a box the whole thing. But if you send her one or two, then she'll be like, oh, this actually works. And then you say, yeah keep buying it for yourself and yeah not I'm not saying that you have to spend however much money it is for the whole deployment I'm just saying however much money for one box will go a long way (laughs) last question (laughs) what is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors so I think what's been really critical for me is trying to shift the way that I approach deployment mentally And one of the metaphors I've heard used for deployment a lot is that you want to approach it like you're getting to the finish line, right? So we've got however many months and we're going to count down all those months and we're going to eventually cross the finish line to homecoming. And um, I really like to approach it more as something, approach homecoming more as a deadline, something that you're working towards because finish lines take a long time to get here. Like I, (laughs) I have, I'm not a runner by choice. I, I'm running basically if something's chasing me. (laughs) Um, but when I do run the whole time, I'm just thinking how long until I get there? How long until I get there? Do I have two more miles, one more mile? I'm just trying to pass the time and distract myself. And if we approach deployment that way, it can be so easy to waste those moments. Mm-hmm. And it can be so easy to get hyper-focused on that finish line and really lose sight of all the things happening around you during all those months leading up to homecoming. Right. But what I have found is that deadlines always come really fast. If you have a deadline for something, to be sure, that deadline is going to get there faster than you thought it yeah. was. And, and so- if anybody argues, let's think back to high school, how... <laughs> Your teacher said, okay, I'm telling you now, but you do have this book report that's due in a month, but I'm telling you now. And we're like, oh yeah, I'll start working on that. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's due tomorrow. 
Exactly. And so I think if you take that same perspective and you apply it to deployments, it makes deployment go by so much quicker, you know, psychologically. And also it changes your focus during the deployment season. So instead of just being focused on getting through the days or getting through the miles, you are focused on all these things that you have in front of you as goals, things you want to accomplish before that deadline of homecoming. So what I think is a really fun and helpful exercise is before deployment starts um, to sit down as a family and decide what your goals are for that season of deployment and include your spouse in this. If you have kiddos, include your kids in this and talk about how you want your lives to look different after three months, six months, nine months, however long that deployment is. What do you want to look different about your financial situation? What do you want to look different about your family dynamics? Are there relationships that you want to focus on building? Are there hobbies you want to tackle? Are there fitness goals or health and wellness goals? What do you want to accomplish individually and as a family unit? And write those things down, get everyone on board, and turn deployment into your season to really focus in on those things. Um, And, you know, for me, it's been a really important way to stay connected with my husband because we're checking in on what these different goals are, how we're doing when it comes to achieving, you know, our our personal or professional or family-related goals. Um, And it has helped me keep my focus off of just counting the days because that can be such a waste. Like if all I don't want to live my life just hoping that the that, you know, an entire year is going to go by quickly. That's a year of my life. I'm never getting back. Right. And Yeah. And so I think trying to shift that paradigm and really make those days about accomplishing something you can be proud of or setting a new intention in your life. And knowing that you're going to look different, you're going to be the best version of yourself, you're going to um, have a new perspective after homecoming. That deployment, even though it sucks, it's Mm -hmm. not fun. Um, Deployment can be a good and productive season for you and for your family. Right. I like that a lot. So where can people connect with you, Becky, get themselves or a friend on some brave crate action? What are what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So they can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at brave crate. Mm-hmm. And you can find us online at bravecrates.com. And, um, on our website there, even if you just want to go check it out and maybe find some resources, we've got a blog there that has some really great guest blog posts from some experts in the military spouse community. So even if you're not in a place where you're interested in joining a community like Brave Crate or, you know, maybe you have too much stuff and you just don't need more stuff in your life, I totally get that. There are still some really great resources there. So go ahead and take advantage of them because they're they're out there for everyone. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, thank you so much, Becky. Sorry, guys, if this was a longer one. I know that was pretty much my fault because I rambled sometimes today, but I thought it was really good. I'm so talky. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, you, you were so good. Don't even apologize. But I guess if there, I was like, I try to keep them 20 to 30 minutes, but again, listeners, you got to let me know if you prefer it more like this one, like we're what it's going to be about, it'll be between 45 and 50 minutes. 
But so, question for listeners, let me know. But I thought it was really good. I learned a lot, but I've said multiple times that this podcast is a very selfish project because I get so much out of it. So thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much, Becky, for being on the show. Go check her out on Instagram or at Brave Crates. So the website is with an S at the end. Check that out, and we'll have a little commercial running here in a minute. But thanks again so much, Becky. Thanks, Michelle. Today's episode is sponsored by Brave Crate. Brave Crate is the deployment countdown box inspiring military spouses to focus on self-care and personal development as they count down to homecoming. Deployment can be tough, but Brave Crate is the monthly reminder that you are tougher. Every box includes carefully curated treats, tools, and tips for braving deployment, along with personalized challenges, a countdown calendar, exclusive trainings, and access to an online community of motivated military spouses. Brave Crate is the perfect way to invest in yourself during deployment or to send as a gift to the military spouse you love. Take $5 off your first Brave Crate with code WARRIOR at www.bravecrates.com. That's www.b-r-a-v-e-c-r-a-t-e-s.com.